0: What is the greatest sauce of all time? Chili garlic. Chick-fil-A sauce. Ketchup.
1: up so No, not get into that. But let's get into it.
0: You guys both said chili garlic.
1: No, she said Chick-fil-A. I said chili Chick-fil-A? garlic.
0: Chick-fil-A. Wait, what's Chick? Oh, is that Polynesian, or is that different?
2: No. The actual Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> Polynesian?
0: Well, I don't know what that Chick-fil-A sauce is.
2: It's it's called Chick-fil-A sauce. It's like, it's that yellow sauce.
0: But what is it? You know how like, it's, it's literally. It's, <laughs> I thought that's what it is.
2: Chick-fil-A uh, sauce is literally, uh, it, it's like a mixture of like barbecue and mayo and like a bunch of other stuff but it tastes it's just a different sauce there's no other sauce to compare
0: and that was your greatest sauce of all time
1: a lot of people would say that i've heard a lot of
0: people say that. yeah
2: so. that's that's a that you've never had the chick-fil-a sauce
0: i'm sure i've had that it but like but it's so forgettable that's like everyone says no, most people that, say that. that's no. how
2: you know you haven't that's why that's how i know you haven't had it i'm sure it's i've so had it forgettable, forgettable. <laughs> Like, I don't think you have.
0: But you know, for example, like wing sauce. If someone were to say wing sauce, it's not like wing sauce. So, it's like uh, hot sauce and ranch. So I thought that Chick-fil-A sauce is like something what? and something. Like Big Mac sauce is what? Like Thousand Island or whatever. Right? I don't actually know that. You said <laughs> yeah, chili. Yeah, I
2: don't. Is that true? All
0: right. Why did you say chili garlic?
1: Bro, every Ramadan, that's what I have with my pakora. It's like amazing. It's,
0: it's awesome. Seasonal. seasonal.
1: I mean, I could have it, like, all the time, but I do have it seasonal. But it's...
2: It's on his mind. Let him have it. It's kind of like, I do have it
1: all the time, but... It's a better version of ketchup, I think. Sure.
0: Sure. But
1: so. why
0: would I say ketchup is the greatest of all time? Think about it. Ketchup, like... It's the greatest sauce of all time.
1: Is that Polynesian?
2: I think that was. I think <laughs> that was a safe answer. <laughs> no. Some things are
0: clear. Some things are clear, crystal clear. Like if you were to say, like, who's the greatest, like, basketball player of all time? Especially after watching, uh, The Last Dance. It's just like, yo, come on, Jordan, come on, like.
1: Yeah, like some- just- someone that doesn't know basketball would say that. <laughs> like. Yeah.
0: No, no, but also but like everyone's had ketchup. Everyone's had ketchup though, not everyone's wa- like watched or played basketball. Everyone's yeah. had ketchup.
1: Yeah.
0: I actually do- I actually don't know anyone that doesn't like ketchup. I do. Really? Is it you? Cuz that doesn't count.
2: It's Siam, my nephew.
0: Ketchup <laughs> is like for kids, it's for adults. It's not like a whatever. Ketchup is a goat. <laughs> Wait, real quick. I think- real quick, what is the worst sauce of all time? Worst sauce.
2: Oh. um ooh, um what's that? Uh, mustard.
1: Oh, I would agree with ooh. that. I would agree mustard
0: with that. is Mustard is up there. I'm going to say po- Polynesian and Chick-fil-A.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of bad
0: sauces out there. I, There's a lot of bad like, ones, okay, but I avoid really them. Okay, quickly, though, like, I, I do don't... need
2: a shout-out Asian zing for wings, though. Because that's also, oh, like, probably God. my favorite sauce. Like, that, like, if I was going to eat one wing and one sauce for the rest of my life, it would be Asian zing, and I would be satisfied.
0: Wait, people that yeah. say things like honey mustard is the greatest. I need honey mustard with everything. Ooh, no. Like, any of those sauces that are just... A trend? I don't. I'm not a fan of.
2: <laughs> a trend? How is honey mustard a trend? It's a trend. Trend a trend.
0: It's a. It's a, like a white girl trend. <laughs> I've never heard a sauce being a trend. It, yeah, uh, what, what about that Szechuan? Time, Szechuan. Well, yeah. Szechuan sauce was a trend. Time. Barbecue sauce is sometimes Bar- a trend. Bar- okay, not a but trend.
2: honey mustard <laughs> frost is not a trend. It's really not.
0: <laughs> I like barbecue sauce.
2: You know, I can't stand when people, you know, I've been working at the store, and people get honey mustard wings. Imagine getting wings covered in honey mustard, not dipping it in. Like.
1: I mean, honey mustard is way better than just plain mustard.
2: Right, but you wouldn't put plain mustard on a wing. Imagine
0: (laughs) mustard wings. Well, also, like, you, (laughs) you also wouldn't have, like, ketchup wings either, though.
2: Oh, yeah. All right. Well, when are you making that real? Yeah. Let's okay, Can we just talk about the fact that Frost like you can't even say that ketchup is a bust is the best sauce because you guys don't even put ketchup in the fridge in your house. It doesn't belong so in the fridge. You don't even have it tasting top. It quality. doesn't belong
0: in the fridge. How many times do you go to a restaurant? Is is Frost? I get-
2: I looked it up and I have the perfect answer for you. The reason why they don't have ketchup in the fridge and restaurants is because they go through it so quickly that they have a. It's a not like shelf it's cold though. To stay outside, and that they go through it enough that they but don't it's have not to, like to it's refrigerate cold. it.
1: it's not like it's cold though. But but even the bad restaurants have it for like I,
0: months. There's. There's, like, diners and stuff that just have the ketchup <laughs> sitting there on the table. They're not refrigerated. Right, but ketchup they, they packets they you go grab. Through them, I still have, go
2: through them within a week. Imagine Bell.
0: I, I still have Taco Bell, like, hot sauce at my house from, like, probably a year ago, and it's still good. still tastes the exact same.
2: Right, but we're talking about ketchup.
0: Ketchup doesn't belong in the fridge. You're talking about packets. Ketchup doesn't packets belong in the fridge. Have,
2: packets are, like, sealed off and preserved, whereas ketchup in a You bottle, put a seal on...
0: Look, you're talking about, you're talking about air so many times exposed. No. Okay. This is the same thing with chips. Okay. If you open a bag of chips and then you like leave them, however, they're going to get stale. But if you clip them and seal them, they're just as fresh. Remember you had those hot Cheetos at my house? Imagine you open those same bags of chips like 18 times.
2: And then a year later, you open them 18 times throughout the year. They will get stale.
0: Okay. Shamir, remember you had those hot Cheetos at my house? Yeah. What did you say about them? They're alright No, you did not You said, they're, yo, okay. these are they hit,
1: they hit, but that was long day filming and No, yeah, this is what you said <laughs> This <laughs> is <this laughs> what you said in case you they forgot hit.
0: Clearly you they forgot hit. You said, you said yo, is, <laughs> this a, <laughs> is this a new bag? That's okay. what you said I
1: did, say that. I did say that
0: And then I was like, why? And then you were like, because these hit I was like, they're like a few weeks old
2: Frost, uh, you're off topic here You don't know what top quality ketchup tastes like because you don't keep it in the fridge So you're not even preserving it at the right quality.
1: You guys don't know what you're talking about.
2: That's all We can move on. Go ahead. Start with the intro, Shamir. Let us
1: know if you're a fridge Ketchup person or out of fridge ketchup person. Also
0: your favorite sauce. Let me know if
2: you're normal or if you're a psychopath
1: (laughs) Also goat sauce
0: and worst sauce Like let us know what's your goat sauce and worst sauce
2: and Bro, I was like, what is a goat sauce? Yeah, what's goat
1: sauce? <laughs> <laughs> Yo,
2: goat like sauce curry? smacks.
1: Yeah. Alright, thank you guys for tuning in to an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. I'm Firas.
2: My name is Amber.
1: And this is brought to you by Olive Theory. This is the strangest and greatest podcast in the game. You can hear this podcast anywhere, such as... Actually, we're not on SoundCloud anymore, unfortunately.
0: Screw SoundCloud. Screw SoundCloud. <laughs> but we are on
1: Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you listen to your podcast uh if you want to email us you can email us at strangeflowerspodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com and if you want to watch this visual nice visuals on the podcast that we're doing right now it's on youtube
0: yes and yeah. uh i want to take my screw soundcloud comment back i didn't mean that soundcloud soundcloud you have been very good to <laughs> many of us and and the podcast in general you That's... just make it too difficult to upload separately but it's no hard feelings we love you still yeah um mm-hmm. Guys, uh... Come
2: join, in, come join us on the YouTube platform to see Shamir's new office. He just redesigned it. Yeah, guys, his uh, office. I've, honestly, there's up? no other reason you come on the YouTube video. Just come every single week to see Shamir's backgrounds. Because Bro, you're, they amaze you're me back, at back, you back at
1: work? Why are you back at work? Dude, no one's here, right? You don't see anyone here?
0: Oh, so you Okay. I'm okay. just alone yeah, in the I office. don't hear any telephones. That's go. true. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to Bobber Bagel. Bobber Bag.
1: Bobber ba- well, his
0: name is Bobber Bagel on IG, but uh, uh, Bobber Bagel decided that he wanted to support this podcast, and we, we thank <clears throat> Bobber Bagel for supporting this podcast. We hope you get all the bagels uh, that you desire in Thank life. you, Bobber. If you thank want you. to support this podcast and get a shout-out as well, uh, go to Anchor and uh, find Strange Flavors, and you can click support. Any amount you give, we would appreciate, um, and it helps us to continue keep on going, and we have bigger... Uh, Better things for you plan in the future. Is
2: there a link for that that we can put in the description that they can? click? It is to? linked.
0: It is very much linked in the description. No way. Um, so wow.
2: Thank you so much. We really appreciate wow. that.
0: Everything that you guys desire is linked in the description. One of my favorite things to do wow. in life is to link things. Yeah. And uh, wow. and and <laughs> and my dream just came true. Many of our dreams just came true because we got the swipe up feature on Instagram on Ronald Ponal. Let's go. We hit 10k followers. Uh, on the that, that k just looks so crispy. the K yeah. looks so crispy, crispy. yo. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so crispy. I'm serious. like I've never seen something look that crispy and yeah. and we thank you guys for supporting. <laughs> look a lot of you guys are constantly commenting you guys deserve more, you know, the most underrated, whatever it's it's all good. Just this feeling hitting ten k is amazing, and we couldn't have done it without you. so thank you for that. Um and we hope we can get and
2: and 10k on uh we'll hit over 10k on TikTok too.
0: Well, Amber, 15K. you're about a month late. A <laughs> month? Um, I said you're about a month late. You've been in the refrigerator yeah, but too long. Yeah, I say
2: that to say that it's really funny that in the comments they're like you guys should upload these onto YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Meanwhile, yeah. there are clips posted from YouTube to TikTok.
0: TikTok is funny. Yo, we hit we hit uh, I was looking at the stats and we hit over a million uh views. Per uh like few weeks on TikTok and we've like <laughs>
1: okay. and we're struggling uh, okay. on everything else. And
0: YouTube, Instagram, it's like it takes forever to hit those numbers. Especially YouTube is like the biggest struggle because even though like we have thirty eight K on there, it's still uh, like for the time span that it's been up, it's and algorithmic like the views and,
1: and like everything is just weird.
0: Dude, algorithms like I wanna have a shirt that just says like screw the algorithm. No, like, you, you don't because
2: TikTok it, you is helping to... us.
0: <laughs> oh, TikTok is a algorithm. good algorithm. Yeah.
2: Well, also, th- if you're thinking about it, like, if you were, like, clicking through YouTube and being like, oh, this is an interesting place. Let me stay here. Like, our numbers would be up. But, like, I don't know. I, like, TikTok is the best algorithm. Like, well, like, I love it.
0: But I feel like it's for everybody because... You could be not on there forever, and then have a video blowing up because it just like f- happens to fit the algorithm or whatever, and you don't have to mm-hmm. like r- anybody can make it on TikTok.
1: Bro, I had a hundred followers, and my video hit two hundred thousand views. Wow, I
2: love that. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> two
0: hundred thousand. That's good. That's, that's really good. That's
2: a really yeah. It's weird, like, there's even, like, people, I mean, this is gonna sound dumb, but, like, literally, like, the same high school that I went to, there was, like, a little brown girl that popped up on my feed, and she decided to go in front of her classroom and sing in cursive. Do you guys know that trend where you sing in cursive?
1: No. No, but you told me about it.
2: Basically, they're, like, singing, but they're, like, attaching all their words, so they call it singing in cursive, and, like, she just, like, went in front of her, no, I'm good. I just, just want, look up singing in cursive.
0: Just do it. Like Sing Savage by Meg yeah. the stallion in cursive.
2: I'm a savage. All right, stop. Like that's how All right, they stop. do it. Oh, exactly. Ow. No. We just that's lost exact, it's, We just it's Bobber Bagel. Bobber Bagel That's how, how
1: <laughs> <That's laughs> exactly no Bagel, no. <laughs> I miss you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how sounds and I'm looking at it and I was like, dang, this video has like like ten million views and I'm like, wait, you live like down the street from me, fam? what okay cool go off then
0: that's great tick tick shout out to you uh you've been helping us um it's always a new app we're on um a few weeks ago i think uh we were talking about the whole brown twitter th- uh, thing and like how we cancel brown people and this and that so this morning i couldn't sleep and I actually decided to check out that show never have i ever which is uh, written and executive produced by Mindy Kaling, who the brown community does not like for whatever reason, because I think she...
2: For no reason. Twitter, brown Twitter, let's keep it at brown Twitter doesn't like.
0: Whiteifies everything, or whatever might be the reason. Um, I saw the show, Isn't it whitewash? I saw a few episodes, and it's completely fine. Like, brown Twitter, well, a lot of Twitter, actually, in general, is fake woke. Okay, and... What I mean by that is just like you want this one show to represent everything about like every brown person. What are you talking? It's like the same thing with Rami, right? Where, you know, Rami is telling not even just one story, but a few stories within his show of these Muslim individuals that are actually going through their individual personal experiences. And Mm -hmm. people want it to be like this perfect show where it's represented in a positive light, whatever that means. Uh, and I found the same thing with this story where it's like, you know, one thing, one part of the uh, the whole show, which was that line about a white guy calling this Indian girl uh, Priyanka Chopra, um, was taken so far out of context of people that didn't even watch the show and I, I sent it to a group of like my uh, South Asian friends from uh, college to see what they thought I was like yo guys I'm watching this show wanna know what you guys think about it and they were like haven't seen it but I heard horrible things about it and I was like wait wait so you haven't seen it yeah but I heard horrible things <laughs> okay wait stop go watch it then they're like <laughs> they said that thing about uh, like why does she have a like why does she crush on white boys think about this for a second Now, now like my experience right Going through high school and stuff. I didn't have, like, brown people in my high school.
2: yourself, Ross. Is that what
0: you're about
2: to
0: say? Amber, go back in the refrigerator. Okay. (laughs) Like, when you're growing up as a a brown person who doesn't have a lot of, like, brown people around them and you're already trying to fit in. Uh, Mm -hmm. the last thing that you're trying to do is associate yourself with other brown people. I'm not saying this is the case for everybody, but this is the case for a lot of people that have insecurities about their hairy arms and they have insecurities about the way that they talk or like the mustache on their lip or whatever it might be. So yeah, like when you see, uh, in her case, this white guy who is like a hunk, who is like totally shredded and stuff, it is normal for a high school teenager to have fantasies about him why do you want it to be that you know it's unrealistic or not it's
2: whoever you're around like that's what's realistic is that you're gonna like what you're around like even are
0: what you're but even in her perspective like she has insecurities right even if there was another Indian at her school she wouldn't want to be associated with them because The like one of the bullies I guess in the show already calls her and her group of friends the UN, which is hilarious by the way, because they're uh, (laughs) it's her and uh, like an uh, Asian girl and then a black girl, and uh, because they're like a diverse group of friends, he calls them the UN. That's a
2: fire group name. I would want to be called (laughs) the UN,
0: UN. yo. If I was called the UN, (laughs) that'd be so fire. But then he goes on to not to give any... Actually, I'm not going to give any spoilers. But there's another reason why he calls them the UN. It's un-something. But that being said, uh, you know, she's going through insecurities and stuff. She doesn't fully know who she is right now. And that's a story that a lot of people can relate to. Uh, Whether it makes sense to you or not, it's a story. And it's a show. So, like, we just need more representation at the end of the day. But, like, don't just look Mm -hmm. at something, especially what's being said by the Brown community and, like, I think, you know, you guys and Ayan like, did a great job of, like, putting into perspective that, you know, sometimes we can uh, similarly do the same thing and I was, like, being OD about Priyanka and, or no, saying, um
2: mm-hmm. but, like... Wow, Frost admits it. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I don't change my mind about how I feel. It's just, like, I feel like it was coming from a... not as much a uh, critical standpoint and more so of an emotional one, which, like, mm-hmm. you know... I admit that happens all the time, like, during the podcast and stuff like that, but uh, I mean to say, like, don't just look at Twitter or, like, what the Twitter community or just a community in general is saying about something without actually seeing it yourself, so I like the show so far. It feels like a Disney Channel show, just a little too much, like, uh, I guess, talk about sex and stuff, which, okay, like, that's Mm -hmm. their thing, whatever, but um, it seems like a Disney Channel show I'd watch back in the day, like, That's So Raven or something
2: true and then you give it a watch
0: give it a watch i think you like it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um something else that recently happened in the news was this uh shooting uh which kind of shook up everybody uh amber if you want to kind of talk about that a little bit
2: um yeah so basically uh from my understanding you guys can like jump in whenever you want there was a black person who was going for a run, I, that's as much information as no, I know about that, is that he's going for a run. Ahmad Arbery, right? Yes. And so, um, real quick, I, I, there was, was a video
0: that recently came out uh, that showed that he had stopped by some like house being constructed. He looked around. Not that it changes whatever the narrative is or mm-hmm. anything, but he did that and then he continued his
1: job.
2: Yeah. And so the uh, there was um, a father and son who saw him running around, called the police and the police recording was released where basically he said that they saw a black person in a white shirt running. And the person and the, you know, what is it called? The dispatcher had been like, well, what is he doing wrong? This and that this person took it upon themselves uh, with their son to go there and try to, like, physically stop this person. And then when he fought back, they shot him that's my understanding of it mm-hmm. um and then later it came out uh that like georgia law allows you to stop somebody if you think that they're suspicious for something and whatever The stories out there and you can kind of read all the different perspectives of it for that the part that i wanted to comment on is that um I had been seeing a few people uh, kind of pop up with different opinions on this. And to be honest, it was kind of refreshing because I feel like it's, you know, you're around the people, like the people you're around, you have the same opinions as them most of the time because you end up surrounding yourself naturally with people who are like minded. Um, So somebody from the Hawaii retreat, um, as you guys know, like most of them were white. And this girl, like, you know, I respect her hustle a lot. She kind of has like a good thing going for her. And, uh, I had seen, you know, a long post from her, um, that was kind of like, hey guys, um, I just think it was really, uh, really sad that, um, what was it? LeBron James, like, t- uh, tweeted out something. Yeah. about how people are being killed so she like she was like this is really divisive you know white people are being attacked and that like there's oh attack God. on white people and it creates a bigger device and you know and it almost like threw me all the way back into 2016 and i was it was i'm very good at just like not responding things but i was like i might be the only person that comes across you in your life that can open your eyes And if that is gonna be my purpose today, that's gonna be my purpose today. So I hit her up and in the most kindest language that I could, I tried to explain to her that her saying that um, that was an attack on white people is making it about white people when there's a bigger problem here and you're focusing on the wrong thing. We ended up FaceTiming later that night and, sorry. Okay, yeah. We ended up FaceTiming later that night, and she was with her. She lives in a very conservative area. She's, like, in the middle of America, like, around majority white people. And her friend who um, defined herself as super conservative was also sitting next to her. And I ended up giving to a three-hour-long conversation with them while they kind of said, like, I don't feel comfortable um, saying that this um, Ahmad situation, he – you know was killed because he's black i can't say that and i can't say that um these white people did anything wrong i feel like this is an attack on white people i feel attacked as a white person and i'm tired of being attacked as a white person i wasn't a part of slavery why am i having to like repay for it and so as much as like we all were like given a history lesson i feel like a few years ago like hey guys um there's people in society who were pushed down and are now, you know, like, and then I even have to give them like examples of like reparations with like Jews being given Israel. And like, just like there's people that have reparations and this is almost like a social reparation. Like people are going to talk about it because they feel attacked and that is their way of doing it. And she's like, it was just very interesting to have somebody who that you don't have the same opinions as, in this day and age because i feel like we all have the same platforms and you know we all come to read the same information and form opinions based off of logical um opinions for the most part and here i was having to I like disagree start that, from yeah. From i mean i feel like majority of people in my life that i've come across right now look at that video and that situation and see that a black person was killed under under like wrong pretenses i haven't in my personal life felt like there's people who felt otherwise or haven't seen them speak otherwise. And here I had somebody who was on the way opposite side of that. And by the end of that conversation, I genuinely feel like I brought her to um, see a whole new side and I felt very accomplished. So I guess my point to say all this is like, if you see people who have differing opinions from you, please, within your kindest language, try to, you know, bring facts, and not just emotions into situations. Educate yourself and help educate others in the kindest way possible.
0: Yeah, I mean like if you if you look at the video, right? I mean, take all that away. Just when you, when you consider something like this where you see the video, you see clearly that it's just like this man is being hunted down, right? This is not a normal situation. This is not a normal pullover. Let me talk to you. Let me see what's going on. Citizens arrest type of thing. Defenseless person. Uh, I think that when you have a conversation with somebody about what this is right you can you can get them on board with like do you see a problem in this yes or no like you know and and if if they don't see a problem with that right with what's going on uh even after all the evidence has been laid out these people have been free for you know months walking around uh whereas you know on the opposite end We've seen multiple times where there's been innocent people that have done nothing and they've been killed for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you look at something like that and then you take the social aspect of it and start talking about that, you are already uh, completely dismissing what the situation is. And I think that Mm -hmm. that is a moment for you also to realize. That, okay, when one of my, say, conservative friends has an issue that they really care about, what are we really talking about, right? What's, what's, the, what's the underlying issue here? And am I giving right. enough attention to what, what their emotions are, right? So, like, when, when uh, I think when LeBron posted it, uh, somebody had commented, he said, okay, well, this is clearly wrong and I feel sorry for him, but let's also not forget the black-on-black violence. And then Jamie Foxx stepped in and was like, responded to to that. And he was like, we're not going to let you, you know, dismiss what this conversation is about. Right. And Mm -hmm. even if you, you know, there are going to be people that are going to be very emotionally tied to this. There's going to be people that are going to bring up lots of things like gun control and the Black Lives Matter movement. And the list goes on and on and on and on. You have to look at, what is in front of me at this moment right now and have i seen this before is there a reoccurring pattern and Mm -hmm. i think again when you talk about logic and all of that if you're able to have a have a conversation with your friends or family and like hear them out listen to why does this affect you why do you think as a white person you feel like you've been you know getting attacked and stuff okay like let's let's bring out what the issue is. Uh, You feel like everything Mm -hmm. uh, comes down to black versus white and, um, you know, uh, you not being the reason why slavery existed, whatever. But how does that affect you, right, to this day? Mm -hmm. Can you walk around and are you being, you know, uh, chased down like this guy? I remember seeing a video on Twitter where this guy was running around a neighborhood with a TV in his arms and uh, with his shirt off, a white guy. And he was running around pretending like you know looking suspicious right you see a guy running around with a tv in his arms with his shirt off did he steal that did he right and that clearly looks suspicious whereas in this case Ahmad did not look suspicious um and he and he got waves people are waving to him saying hey what's going on like there's clearly a problem there and we should not ignore that and then at the end of the day what can we do instead of trying to you know just be on social media and just call people who we don't agree with what is the real action and i think that what people ended up doing which is signing that petition and raising money to get the word out there uh about this situation was the reason that people uh the government was pressured to put an arrest out for you know the the two the the father and the son who did this and that should be the main focus
2: I think that, like, the people who genuinely, from, like, a complete ignorant standpoint, and I don't say that to offend them, I mean genuinely ignorant, like, they are completely uneducated about these topics, when they say, what about black-on-black violence, and what about, um, like, I mean, black-on-black crime, and all this type of stuff, and they say that as a genuine concern, and they really don't get what the problem um, with that statement is, somebody has to be willing to speak to them and say, well, let's talk about that. Where does most of those situations occur? In, in places where they were pushed into a small amount with low income, low resources, and also put against each other for status within their same communities, lighter versus darker. All those things are systematic and built in. And so, like sitting yeah, no, down get, with someone and actually addressing like- that and like breaking that in for me honestly felt very fulfilling because at the end of the day they were like oh i never thought about the fact that they have a, like a lack of resources i knew that uh, uh, i just felt like there wasn't fathers in the homes of these people because of their culture not because of their like history and how it's come out to be like i genuinely got these two girls who then can go on and say this to their other people who were saying the like okay what about white people we feel attacked and then actually breaking down every single question that they had that was built in like ignorance it was racist but it was also built in ignorance and sitting down and breaking that for them was very fulfilling for me and I think that like having somebody um and I did that with quite a few friends throughout the years but like having somebody sit down and do that for you I think is like a breakthrough for people and I and I hope that other people are willing to have that conversation with other instead of just shaming them and being like you can't talk because you're white because yeah. we can say that if they're educated about it and be like, "Yo, you're trying to say this just to bring attention to you," when they actually feel um, attacked, yeah, like no, I think let me sit down and have a conversation. I think what with you them. did is
0: like super great. Like it, it worked. That's that's awesome that you were able to do that. At the same time, I also think that like you know, uh, it it makes people like I was saying earlier like the emotional thing. It makes people very emotional um, to feel like oh, nobody's talking to this person or, you know, like social media, someone's saying this on my timeline and I know this person. I have to, you know, be the person to do that. And sometimes like I'll admit myself, like I don't think that I'm equipped or know the full, not in this case, but uh, many times like I don't know all the details and stuff that that might, uh, you know, that someone else might know for me to like just use, you know, 120 characters or whatever uh, to try to go back and forth with somebody on a public sure, place sure. and even like people that I know in real life just like I think again the dialogue is important and when you don't have the internet there like you you didn't you know it's a lot easier to be able to have your own sort of form your own opinions and also learn and educate one another instead of like people throwing in random things and so much like you know, fake news going around and all of that. Um, It's just, it's just about like, I think you being a good person doing what you think is right, setting an example, and then using your privilege ultimately to, you know, talk about things that concern you and create that, create a healthy dialogue and conversation. Absolutely. Um, On that note, uh, we want to bring in our guest today who is doing just that and creating awesome uh healthy dialogue from places that he comes from uh and the stranger today is a young queen's native who has used his bengali cultural background to give back to his community in unique ways he is currently running for new york state assembly and hopes to be a voice for the communities that raised him so without further ado please welcome Mafuzul islam So we have Mufazzo with us. Am I saying that right
3: by the way? Mafuzal. Mafuzal. I'm sorry. Yeah, see even with the end of the community we still mess up our own names, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: I've actually never heard that name before. I even it's a weird one.
3: Mafuzel. Mafuzal. Mafuzal. I, I tried
0: to look up the meaning, too, because I, I always like knowing what people's names mean, but I couldn't find it. Do you happen to know that by any chance, or no?
3: <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, Mahf- so it's Mahfuz. Mahfuz is where it comes from. So I'm, I'm Bengali, and we always put a UL at the end of everything, and so that's why uh-huh. it's Mahfuzal. But Mahfuz, Mahfuz, so it's like, yeah, protector, guardian, Protector that's like, Islam. Oh. Protector, yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So So Bengali's put the the ul at the end that's a that's the thing that yeah. I do. and then your last name yeah is amino
3: mafuzo yeah 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 that's also very vogalian <laughs> as well having the last name is slow
0: i mean we know that you're you're running for a political position so that that last name has got to be a huge factor into how people perceive you
3: oh yeah oh yeah it's either a turn on or a turn off right away
0: <laughs> i mean throughout your life has that has that kind of been like a factor? Were you at any point like ever embarrassed of that or, or kind of like trying to hide it?
3: I, uh, not, um, well, I guess there was certain points where like the kids would just be like, Oh, you, your last name Islam. Is it, that's mm. like my last name was Christian type of thing. But it was like out of chest exactly. type of thing. But it's like, you can't really hide or, you know, like everyone knows what I am because of my last name.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. so... Before we even get into you know like you um, running for, for this position, uh, what what's your background? What's your upbringing like? You you mentioned that you're Bengali, but uh, did you grow up here? Like how was that?
3: Yeah yeah, uh, born and raised in Queens. I've been in Queens my entire life. Um, kind of. Oh so so just like,
0: so you were just born and raised in Bangladesh then? Say it again. <laughs> you were just born and raised in Bangladesh. Queens is the same thing, right?
3: (laughs) More or less. More or less. (laughs) It's a it's a combination of 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 Bangladesh, yeah, exactly. And in like the like near the areas where there's like a high concentration of like South Asians. I don't know if you guys heard of like Jackson Heights, Jamaica, those areas. Of course. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you might as well be in Bangladesh, exactly. (laughs) You got like it's amazing. uh, Chewing pan in the corner, yeah.
0: you have the you have like the carts outside with the corn the ban uh (laughs) it's amazing that's the spot to go if you're if you're trying to get a sort of authentic experience
3: yeah for sure like you anything you want back at home you'll probably find out in queens for sure
0: yeah um so also with with you being bengali um you know one of the cool things that i read about you was that you started this organization called J-Hall, is that how you say it? J-Hall, j- 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 So talk about that, what j- yeah. What was that?
3: Yeah, yeah. so j actually just means spicy in Bangla. Um, it's a, so we, we, I started with my cousin, Alvi Zaman. Um, we started out at the Queens Night Market. The Queens Night Market is like a, um, it's like an fo- outdoor food festival. And it was the first time Queens had something of that sort. Um, uh how do i i don't know if you guys have stuff like that it's kind of like when you pop up have a lot of different tents and they have they're like a lot of different vendors um and it's outdoors and you kind of get to try a lot of little things
1: yeah
3: Yeah. and so this was the first time queens is having something like this um and uh it's queen's international night market food from everywhere and when we started it uh, about four edging five years now Like, there were, we went there. Queens wasn't as popular as it is now. Queens now, like, when you you see it in the news, you hear about it everywhere. Uh, Back then, it was all about, like, Brooklyn and and Manhattan. That's where everything was happening. Uh, But, like, it was just exciting that something was happening in Queens for the first time. We went out there. I had food from all over. And uh, there was no Bengali food. There was no South Asian food, first of all. And then uh, there was no Bengali food. And no one really knows... They're like what that means, you know, with with all South Asians, where you kind of just all clumped into Indian, and that's just what everyone perceives us as. So we were like, yo, we're gonna come back here, and we're gonna do uh, jhalmuri, which is like um, uh, it's, it's a type of cha, I guess, in, in Bangladesh, where you use like muri, which is puff rice, and and cilantro, and uh, mustard seed, all on that. So you'll find it in every corner of Bangladesh and Kolkata as well in India. Um, and uh, Fuchka, which is like Pani Puri and Golgoppa, but like the Bengali version of, of that. And, uh, and when we did it, you wouldn't find this sort of stuff in, the, in, in like any restaurants. Um, and uh, and you, you wanna eat that sort of stuff on the streets. That's, you know, that kind of, it, it mm. comes with like the ethos of eating that food. You wanna be on the streets, you wanna hear the hustle and bustle. Um, mm. And then, you know, the dirt adds to the flavor and all that, right? when you're in Bangladesh uh but so we went out and w- without we, the um, salmonella without the salmonella I mean sometimes you know you lose a little weight it's not <laughs> but um <laughs> we we went we went to the market uh we, you know me and my cousin my cousin's always had a passion for food and uh, we started serving and um we also brought like artifacts from malculture. culture like you'll have Rat Tagore's, like, face on the banner, he's a famous, like, literary figure, Kazinozul Islam, another poet, revolutionary poet, and the uh, tablecloth itself was, like, a blanket from uh, my ma- uh, my grandma, uh used a nokshi kata, it's called, it's like a handwoven blanket, and so it sparked a conversation, you know, with people, so whenever yeah. someone came, you know, we, we would tell stories and stuff like that, and and uh, that, 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 it was just exciting, like young folks are like, oh wow, you're like repping your culture. Um, we've never seen Bengali culture rep before and, and for new folks, it was like their first time interacting with Bengali culture, so it was like soft diplomacy and that was, my background is in international relations and so like, this is me doing it in a way like directly rather than like, I, w- I had like internships at the UN, and work with the UN. Um, and it was just, you know, things get muddled, but when you're doing directly, there's a sense of like passion that comes from it. Yeah. And then the people that we were working with were uh, my own mom, who's a stay-at-home mother, and my new immigrants, my cousins that just came from Bangladesh, and on the front, they were like learning English because they have to interact. At home, you know, you kind of like, they feel shy, they don't want to talk in English, but when these cousins were we were taken to market, they were speaking English, and that's where they were learning their language building skills. And on the back end, we helped them, helping them build their resume, helping them uh, get into school, help them get into college, do their SATs uh, for the moms, help, teaching them how to use a smartphone. Um, and just like with the moms, it's like when you're, you're a stay-at-home mother, you don't necessarily, you have your close group of like family members and you don't have that sort of network and you fall under depression, you fall under these things that we don't really talk about in our cultures, right? And so we like check them out to like go bowling, some things that they wouldn't never do, go mini golfing, like things that they wouldn't necessarily do on their own. So mm. yeah, that's... That's a, kind of like a, a gist of all the stuff that we've been doing. So, um, no, that's the awesome. last four or five years. W-
1: w- yeah. Was this like a promotion kind of of like the culture in the area and like spreading it? Um, was this like intended or were you like trying to, what were you trying to essentially do?
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, uh, intention for sure was just like the reason we started wasn't definitely not to make a quick buck. Not definitely yeah. like the money was, it just helped facilitate everything. And then finally we were able to make uh, like enough to pay a waste to these mothers who wouldn't be able to work otherwise, right? And sale so mothers. But uh, foremost, it was like the culture, being able to talk about this thing that we all grew up uh, feeling, eating, seeing, but not having the platform to be able to talk about it on our own terms. Mm. Um, and so yeah, for sure, being uh, like doing that in, in a direct way.
0: Nice. And you got it into. Um, I saw that you guys had a LA pop up as well. So, how f- how far do you like plan to take this? And what's kind of the the I guess goal in the future for it?
3: Yeah, it's uh yeah it's become like it's crazy when we like like I said when we began there wasn't any um there wasn't any Bengali young folks doing anything not definitely not in the food scene but also like doing anything culturally so we had people like dming us from all over like norway australia denmark just the diaspora you know like wow. all south asian diaspora just everywhere right and so uh, they're just excited it's like oh these young kids and and we you know we, we also repped our new yorkness and so like you know things that come with that you know hip-hop culture and and basketball culture all that sort of stuff and it was unique in that way and uh we had these conversations with folks from the respective diaspora like if they're you know, that London South agency is very different from the New York South agency and it's very different from the Australian scene. So having that dialogue was uh, was exciting. And so that that L.A. one was there's a group of awesome like artists out there, um, uh, rappers like Moogs and producers like Asif and um, my friend Ronak, who's part of the team. He's like, yo, let's, let's do something out in LA. There's a little Bangladesh out there. And, you know, we were friends with them already. We should, they haven't had something like this out there. Um, and so, Ronak happened to go out in LA and we did a pop up there and, uh, you know, in Little Bangladesh. And so it's like, it was exciting. And Little Bangladesh is in, is in Koreatown over there. And so there, there was like a little beef happening with Little Bangladesh in Koreatown at that time period. And this was our way of just like, yo, like, we love Koreatown. Koreatown loves us, and we understand like our place in everything that's happening. And so, yeah, man, we're it's bridging connections everywhere. we respect. go. Yeah, yeah. Cultural respect. Yeah, culture respect, and and like going deeper into the dialogue. What does it mean to be yeah. you know like from LA, you yeah. know, regardless of this our background. This yeah. might be
1: like one of the best ways to like spread culture, like through food and like
3: food easiest man.
1: conversation. Yeah, Everybody, eats. Everybody, Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: you also have a segment um that I saw like uh on your Instagram page uh called On the Shoulders. So that that like really showed some of the the stories behind some of these uh I guess people that you're kind of uh bringing in and 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 highlighting. So what made you think of that and and what are some of like you know the incredible stories that you've heard through yeah.
3: that? Yeah. Yeah, I was just uh you know I was squatting at that time, and I wanted to show off how uh, how heavy I could squat. That's how, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was. He literally, uh, if you don't th- know,
0: he has like people on his shoulders for this like little segment.
3: <laughs> it, it, the whole idea is it, it was it was open ended. Uh, the whole idea yeah. is like we we stand on the shoulders of other people, kind of thing, to be yeah. get to where we are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you know, it, it was open to interpretation. Um, and it's just like, wh- what are these stories of these people that have created the foundation from us back, back at home over here with the struggle that they have to go through and these stories that aren't, you know, given a platform. So from like mm. being in the village of like Bangladesh to like being in the hustle and bustle of New York and, uh, that bridge, that sort of gap and then like things that they have ha- the, like, my grandma had to go through that. It was unfathomable for it to happen now. And, uh, it's, and not making it, like, you know, like, poverty porn type of thing. But just, like, this is the reality of, like, what our family had to go through. And, and we don't have to, like, be sad about it. It's just, it, it, it is what happened. These are our stories.
0: So, like, you've always kind of had this, uh, I guess, community leadership role, it seems like, when it comes to, you know, doing stuff and giving back and relating your, you know, cultural roots to your, you know, where you live currently with Queens and Bangladesh. Um, so out of all of this, what gave you the idea to want to run for New York State Assembly?
3: Yeah. Well, uh, that community leadership thing, I don't think it was always, ever... It wasn't intentional. It was the need was there. And Mm. it's kind of, I think that's the case for all of us. Like the need is there for you guys to do this podcast and that's why you kind of like rose up type of thing. And I I feel like, yeah, uh, same exact thing with this, this position itself. Um, so I was mentioning how I was working with Jal and the people that we worked, work with are like working class folks from this area, this district. And, um, are you guys familiar with uh, AOC and Joe Crowley, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez?
0: Um, slightly, but I for for the um, general people who are listening to this, yeah. um,
3: I yeah. sure. I'll, I'll give be honest too. Yeah. I
0: I don't even know what New York State Assembly what that entails sure, and
3: sure.
0: what kind of yeah. a position that is. So got it, got it, good. It. Yeah.
3: So um uh I I'll, I'll go through what the position the position itself is is um. State, a State Assembly is the legislative level level, like state level of politics. So, uh, you know, how there's the House of Representatives and, and the Senators, Congress, which makes up Congress, and uh, the federal level, this is uh, the state level of government, uh, it's the lower house. Um, and so, you, with the position, what the position does is they go up to Albany, Albany is the capital of New York, and uh, they... Decide the fiscal budget and they write bills and laws and kind of represent the, the district that they represent uh, uh, based on, like, I'm District 24, Jamaica, Queens Village, uh, Glen Oaks, Briarwood, Richmond Hill, this area. Um, I, yeah, this, it was never about seeking out this position itself. Uh, the reason I bring up um, AOC and Joe Crowley uh AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who ran for congress in 2018 and she beat Joe Crowley who who was called the queen's machine and the reason they call him queen's machine when you go down to local politics here it's very corrupt it's kind of like what this stuff happens in in south asia um Mm. and um you had to go through the queen's machine in order to get permission to run before you have to go through Joe Crowley AOC beat the machine, and so now there are many insurgents that are running, a lot of people that are going against uh, people who have been in place for a long periods of time, incumbents. And so uh, a lot of my peers are are insurgents, Zoran Mamdani, uh, Shahana Hanif, and Mary Jabed, a lot of folks from New York that are running here. And uh, my cousin was like, you work directly with the people here. This is something that you should do because the incumbent here has been here for 10 years. His name is David Weprin. Before that was Mark Weprin, his brother. And before that was his dad. So like I said, it's like South Asia. It's like dynastic people kind of just like handing off to their to their kids and, and uh, brothers uh, since the 1960s. And um, I thought it would be better if I kind of backed someone else up because I'm running JAL. Um, but no one... Was running, and so that's why you know that's why specifically this position because this guy who's been here for such a long period of time and does not reflect the the district at all anymore.
0: Hmm. And like, why do you feel like you uh, you know when you say there's a need for for something? Why do you feel like you are um, that guy? And like, what qualifies you for this type of a position?
3: Sure, um, I think it mainly comes from who I work with, who, like, what my work has always been about, the the working class folks and understanding the needs of uh, the working class folks so because that's where I'm from. That's, what, like, that's where I've been in my entire life. And that's how the majority of people who uh, live in this neighborhood lives. And so um, understanding, like, language and capabilities, understanding, like, there are businesses out here that... Ha- um, could flourish if they know if they knew like small businesses mom and pop stores that could if they knew what was available to them uh, artists and and uh, struggling families if they knew what sort of government um, uh, accessibility there is in their own like language in their uh, own terms then they would have more access. To it. So it's just it's more so that gap that exists now because the guy who's in hasn't tried to um, reach out to folks and tell them what is available to them. And because if people start participating in politics, then then that's when things start changing. And, and, and not, they don't, he doesn't necessarily want to change.
0: You seem like a young guy. Do you mind sharing yeah. how old you are?
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely young. Uh, 28. I'm 28. Oh, wow. Is
0: that normal for like someone 28 years old to be running for this type of position?
3: Uh, it's become the new norm as a, as a result of like AOC kind of beating the machine and and uh, and I think it's also just our generation coming of age and being able to do something like this. Uh, I think we come from. Uh, a background of feeling like you know we're incapable or this is not our place you know this Mm. we've never seen people like us do this stuff we've never um and and it's just so distant and so i think the energy is there now because uh because there's so many of us that are are doing this so kind of like like, on the shoulders of each other's backs, you know?
0: You're not scared, bro? Have you seen people that go into politics and come out and then... Like Obama, have you seen when, what he looked like before and after he went into It'll office? It'll age
3: you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm aging through this entire campaign. I never had a beard before. It just happened all over <laughs> this
0: campaign. <laughs> you just grew it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I mean, it is. Even, like, within, like, this campaign, you get exposed to, like, the dirty side of politics. And... As you hope you know you go in with like uh fresh eyes and you hope that the folks that are representing us who are making all these policy and all these laws that's supposed to like protect us and help us, you hope you know th- th- they're doing the right things and doing the good things, and when you as a result of coming to campaign, you're like, "Wow, House of cards has some reality to it like this is mm. the, there there is the dirty side of politics, and it it's but that's the thing that like drives you
2: like it's discouraging. D-
3: being exposed to the
2: dirty side of politics, does that ever become discouraging? Yeah.
3: I think it's the opposite. I think you're just like, yo, this is how it's it is on the inside. Nah, I'm not gonna let this happen. Nah, like mm-hmm. I, my people like deserve better. Like we all deserve much better than this. And and uh, yeah, if if I, I it, it could get scary at times just because it's like I've never been exposed to this. I never knew this this type of world exists. But you realize how little needs to be done in order to make things better, and so that's why you know you're just like, all right, we we, we have to do this.
0: Yeah, I think for um, many people, we kind of just look at the general election and kind of yeah. uh, think that that's and and I'll be honest, like I was this way as well, and and I was yeah. actually telling mm-hmm. Ayan, who is our good friend who actually connected us, um, yeah. on uh, when he came on our podcast afterwards, I was talking to him, and I was like, you know what, dude, I don't know. I, like I kind of understand the people that say I'm not voting this year because I feel like there's not anyone for me. And he encouraged me. He's like, you know what? You need to look down the ballot and look up those people. And my my uh, my uh ballot came in the mail. And then I did that. I started looking up people that were on the rest of the ballot. And, you know, it, it was actually a little bit more uplifting. But, you know, what can you say to people um, when it comes to Positions like what you're running for and, and yeah. anything else. That's not just the president
3: president Yeah, for sure especially like it's especially Interesting because this conversation as you guys from Maryland and us, you know from New York it, it, It's a different dynamic as opposed to me speaking to someone from New York, right? Sure. Um, but when it comes down to it the things that affect us the most is local politics is what's you know Who is representing us directly like the lowest level right and? um. There are a lot of local folks that reflect what we envision or what we hope for on the general elections, right? And it, you know, everyone says things trickle down. Things also trickle up. You know, like what happens on local politics, all these decision-making things have influence on the grand scheme of stuff. So if we could get local politicians that reflect our values, reflect uh, what we want, and uh, then it it could change the face of what we we want for from our neighborhoods, from our country, uh, on, for, from uh, and we start have to start at the down value. and that's where we have the most influence. Frankly, like you know, when it comes down to uh, like electoral politics, we have these um, you know majority wins, right? And and it, it, like New York is a blue state, and we know it's going to be a blue state regardless of what happens, um, and when you vote in like primaries when you vote in primaries in the local election that's when you have the most influence so it's a matter of like a couple of votes that could change the future of your entire neighborhood and 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 i encourage people to understand the process understand you know as someone who's like 28 years old and it's kind of like i never knew how like what it meant to run for office and all these little things but you know, if you could organize, you get your friends and family, the people who care about what's happening. You could change your entire neighborhood and have a decision-making process and m- make it more participatory. Right? Like move, remove that that um, political figure. Not we kind of like deify and celebritize, like politicians. And, um, mm-hmm. and what we're trying to do with trying to do with this campaign is like it doesn't matter about that individual. It's about like us as a collective. What's happening around you, what's happening with your family, what's happening with your friends.
0: We'll talk about that a little bit, like, you know, what is uh, some things that people don't know what it's like to, you know, start a campaign. And especially, I think Mm -hmm. like, when I think about a campaign, to me, it just comes down to how much money does this person have to keep going? And it seemed like, especially, you know, the people that were running this year, it was like, how much money do we have and how long can we keep it going and then drop out once there's no more money left? So how are you working
2: on that? And and who's funding them to keep them going?
3: Yeah. yeah yeah exactly who where is the money coming from type of thing um it's funny so uh we don't have money compared to who we're running against right the, the incumbent has four hundred thousand dollars saved up um and he's getting money from like real estate uh folks you know folks big corporations um on this you know his other job is he's a uh you know he works in real estate works in Hedge funds, you were an investment banker, uh, um, corporate lawyer type of stuff. That just and sounds evil.
0: I'm just gonna say that just <laughs> that that doesn't make hey, me often, feel good in my stomach.
3: <laughs> Interpret it <laughs> as you want, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, four hundred thousand. And as opposed to us, we so far we've raised like about ten thousand, right? Um, well, let's
0: talk but, about your strategy real quick because I saw this on your Instagram. You said, guys. All we need to do is raise a thousand dollars. If everybody just gives me one dollar, <laughs> did that? Did that work?
3: It did work. But what's the, thing was, what's uh, the thinking behind that? So, uh, the, thinking behind that? <laughs> so uh, the thinking behind that was that, like, like, like you were saying, when you have these large donors, when you have real estate donors that are donating your money, you're you're tied to their needs, right? When you have that dollar coming from individual normal working class folks, and we don't like, yeah, we we encourage working class. Folks i like sorry, the reason we made a dollar is so that folks that have difficulty donating can donate, and a dollar is a lot easier than you know a thousand dollars that you have to donate um, and so when you have that you know multiple contributions collective contributions you're not you're not like tied to any sort of corporation you're not tied to those who have money to in fund your campaign and influence your decision making skills right and so what we have is the network the the uh the working class that is overwhelm the overwhelming majority in this district the uh the young folks like you and me me and you who can afford to donate a dollar who care about what we're doing and the movement is strong like i have an amazing team and you know we we're, we're very transparent about everything all the money that we've raised is all to getting uh you know like software for like phone banking hosting our website, getting print material, um and like a- advertising that we have to do through social media. And nobody on the team is getting paid and that's because everyone just cares about this movement that we're doing uh, we're having. And it's like upwards of eighty folks on our like Slack channel that are like helping with this movement. And people from all over. Like frankly like you know, Ion is out in he was out on the West Coast, you know, in California, I have a man and my friend a man out in DC. Like people like just people from all over that just care about what we're doing and see yeah. this change that we're doing at a very local level.
0: What's the most difficult part about the process of
3: campaigning? The most difficult part? Um, or dreadful. Okay, <laughs> for money. Asking people for money is like <laughs> dreadful to me. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> sure. um, but that's why like we do things like ask for a dollar, which makes it like, okay, that's, that's, it makes it easier. Um, and, and having like, the stamina—it's like I've, we, we announced in January, and you know it's, it's, the election itself is June. J- January is is late compared to like most people that run. Um, I, I don't—I like—I don't know how Bert, like Bernie or someone like Bernie You know all these old folks that are run. How do they do it for like years and years at a time? <laughs> like I'm—I'm I'm exhausted. Like I said, I'm, I think I've—I've <laughs> I've, I've aged in this six months um and and having the stamina to just be like all right just keep going we gotta keep going we gotta keep going and and keeping you know keeping positive during this time period and understanding yeah you'll have setbacks and just like you know you gotta move you gotta move
0: what's what's like some things that you're most frustrated about when it comes to uh the government of either either local government or just like federal um the way that the U.S. is handling things, even if it's something like currently going on with like COVID-19, what's the yeah. most frustrating things that you think that like just need to be changed? Yeah,
3: yeah. no, it's COVID-19, especially here. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's all over the news. You guys know about it. Like this is the epicenter of the epicenter. Everyone knows someone who's been affected. You guys
0: have more than um, any other country, right? Like yeah. New York. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm sure if you speak to anyone from New York now, like everyone will know someone that has been affected. I have, have yeah, I have people in my own family that's been affected, uh, my own mm-hmm. dad, my, my my uncle and stuff. And- um, How are they holding what, up? They're good now, they're good now. We were okay. like lucky, we were super lucky. Um, but you know, it, 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 all this is doing is exposing all the faults that existed all at, uh, the entire time within our structure. Um, we're having, like we do this campaign because this you know, like we're lucky that this campaign existed. We're lucky that this platform existed because now people, we could help people in ways that we couldn't have helped people if, if this platform didn't exist. So like what, like food scarcity is like a thing that you would have never expected from a country like America and a city Mm -hmm. like New York. There are folks that are, are down to the last dollar, um, that aren't getting, uh, unemployment benefits because they're undocumented, uh, uh, or you know various other reasons. So we're we have we're working with the Queens Mutual Aid Group. We're working there's mutual aid groups all throughout the city. So they what they're doing is they're raising money and they're uh, giving it to families that are in need. Or if like they're you know compromised, um, you know picking up and dropping off groceries, uh, prescriptions, um, teaching them how to apply for unemployment benefit if they need to apply for that. Um, the PPP, the EDIDL, which are like for small businesses, um, you know, uh, teaching them how to do it because, you know, frankly, like our, the older generation, they don't know how to navigate this, that world. And because we could, you know, we could speak in English and we grew up here. We, we could help them. We are their kids. And then, you know, that's been our roles our entire lives. Right. Um, and then getting stuff like masks, like we had a shortage of masks over here. So I had a friend, um, was based out in like Singapore, and we uh kind of just said, "Hey, I, I, you know, I I know a supplier out in China that could bring in masks, so we we're bringing in masks and connecting them to." So you personally first-year. knew this person? Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. It was a fr- it was a friend. So we're, and then you know, she brought it, you know, like masks in bulk supplies, and we're connecting them to funds that, uh, that are giving to essential workers and hospitals mm-hmm. that are in lack, and um, and yeah, doing everything that like we hoped that a government should be doing for us right now, and well, like, not waiting for our government.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, tying it back to what my original question was, like, how do you how do you better prepare, whether it be New yeah, York or personally. just, like, our country, how do you better prepare for something like this epidemic in the future?
3: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going back to your original question, the frustrations that I have with my government, or, like, what I see as a result of doing this is, uh, we aren't engaged. Like at the local level, uh, we have these things called community board meetings, right? And it's city level government, but that's supposed to be our town halls where anyone has any issues or concerns, you go in and you voice it. And then, and then that's, hopefully that's how it is addressed. And the people that run these uh, community board meetings, they're like appointed, they stay long periods of time and they listen to their friends. Um, and so, if someone is, were to come in and be like, "Hey, this is my issue," you have to wait your t- turn in line, and you have to know someone that's running from the inside, and that's something that, that like needs to be changed. And um, and things you know continue going the way they are going is because no one makes the effort to be like, "Hey, let's include our parents that don't know how to speak in English. Let's include you know um, our parents who are working." there are like ourselves that are working the entire time and can't necessarily be involved and so like if we like over here in New York if you have like a pothole you call 311 is called over here you call 311 and you you get connected to somebody but it it ends up being like three hours and you just like you get frustrated and you hang up and what we're trying to do is we're trying to be like okay no at this day and age we don't need that we could do you know like live stream conferences and be able to text somebody or message somebody and get immediate responses and and um, work doesn't have to be a limiter on um, on us being involved in thing that the very thing that controls our lives. And so, like, and and it's, and, and things like the census, you know, is, which is happening right now, two thousand twenty, all over the country, is so important because that's like and telling people in our communities that have that don't you know have that. Uh, Fear of interacting with the government, have that fear of filling out those forms because you know we have a, a, a lot of undocumented folks in our in, a, in our uh, um, uh, community, and just like that fear of of public officials showing them that hey, this is not this is something that will benefit us mm. because of the the results of 2010 census is why our hospitals don't have the um, the funding that they need to get masks. We don't. That's because why we don't have enough hospitals is why our schools are lacking. Is why we don't have the right public resources because they don't have the right numbers to know how much we, are, uh, how many folks live in our neighborhood. So participatory democracy. That's our big thing.
0: Mm. It sounds like essentially what you're saying is we need people that know that are from the communities that are supposed to be you know making rules and regulations for them and from what you've you know told us about your life and your upbringing it seems like you are that guy
3: i hope so i hope so
0: (laughs) yeah and more than that
3: more than more than that it's like making it accessible to like my whole friends friends and family like i don't like what i want to emphasize like i i don't want it to be like okay i am another aoc i am another bernie i am another whatever like let's just like break that whole structure down we don't need that one person anymore it's it let's reverse that yeah and and like everything that i come from everything who everyone who is my family everyone who is my friends they're the ones that you know like the collective needs to be at the forefront now
0: um are you are you hopeful for a better sort of america moving forward i mean like i think like i was uh, you know talking about my personal experience being kind of discouraged about just like seeing people who uh, you know whether it be Bernie or whoever that seemed like okay. This is guy is gonna be this guy's for the people And whenever mm-hmm. we think of people that are for the people, I guess uh, Even if you take someone like Jagmeet Singh in Canada, who was mm. uh, the sick who was running for prime minister um, You know, he seemed like he was someone for the people too, but seeing all of them kind of You know not be able to go all the way with it. Does that ever get mm. discouraging? Are you hopeful uh, to be able to change something like that?
3: Yeah yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, there are like times of just like, oh man, we like, you know, with like the burning, ca- a lot of folks with the burning campaign are uh, part of this campaign as well. They have broken off that after he uh, ended up, didn't end up becoming the nominee. But I think it's also just like redirecting that energy into things that we know we could have influence. in. so I am hopeful in terms of like, I think more and more people are becoming aware of what we could do. At the local level, and and it, either through politics or non-electoral organizing, like the mutual aid groups, and we don't, yeah, we don't have to rely on someone being in office in order to have a a future that we we want. It's all it's all up to us and how engaged we want to be in this entire process.
0: Yeah, you seem like a great guy, um, and <laughs> I and <hope> definitely so. <laughs> you know wish you a lot of luck. If if this was something that you You know were to succeed at would you ever consider going further and like uh going up the rank in in political positions
3: i haven't thought about that at all and (laughs) at all and uh yeah, like I said, I never even wanted to get in politics. Right. Like, I, don't, I, st- I, I still don't want to be a politician, right? Like I. I mean, look, I, we we're
0: some of us here are, are musicians, and we've practiced our <laughs> Grammy speeches and and our Oscar <laughs> speeches. So it's okay for you know you to ever think about it, just <laughs> just to see like what what would I do if I was ever in that position, like huh.
3: that the same exact thing. stuff that I mentioned. Like break it down. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have it be that, about that position. You know, if the only time, like, yeah, the only reason, like, I would want to do something else would be if there's a need for to do that, because there is someone like the person that you they know, the when they come that is here right now sure. that would for me, like, as me right now, that's what I would say, like, the only reason I would want to go further is if I see there's a need, and there's no one else doing it. Mm. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that there are going to be many, many other people doing it, and so yeah, I would love to nurture those folks.
0: Yeah. My uh, my last question here with uh, you being from New York, how do you feel about six yeah. nine? Does he get a pass?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's controversial, man. It's I mean, <laughs> you don't answer In these times, in these times, I'll give a politically correct There we go. A <laughs> uh, response. <laughs> in these times when we were so like we were all so down with like what's happening with our families with, with mm. the, what's happening with our friends and just like corona 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 and just like our you know hearing about a new death every single day we we look for escapism right mm. and that's like when it comes down to it six is he's his embodiment of like going to the movies and just be like yo this is this is exciting because it's just like yeah it's pure entertainment it's just pure entertainment. That's what it comes down to. And so, like, so, like, yeah, it was nice to see him get two million viewers, <laughs> and and then not have to think about like the horrors of what we're going through, you know? Yeah. Uh, despite him being right. And not take it seriously,
0: like you know. And not take th- it seriously. And sh- not, not yeah. take it
3: seriously, you know? Um, the color, yeah, like the flashy colors are, are could be like a good distractor from everything.
0: <laughs> the flashy colors. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, when is the election? Uh, where can people go to learn more about you and uh, support your campaign?
3: Um, so the election itself is June 23rd, but because of the pandemic, um, everyone is allowed to fill out an absentee ballot, an uh, absentee ballot request and vote from home. And So they could do that now if they go to nycabsentee.com. Um, you have to be a registered Democrat in order to vote in this primary. The last date for that is May 29th to register as a Democrat. Uh, The election itself is June 23rd. The last date to request a absentee ballot is June 16th. And uh, the website uh, has all this information. Our website, uh, MFUZL424, M-A-H-F-U-Z-U-L-F-O-R-2-4, or M424, because you got a crazy name. We'll link your your stuff
0: in the bio, so then people can go and check you out, your Instagram and all that. Um, anything else you'd like to leave us with?
3: Uh, tell me about Maryland. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we do. We do close. Uh, Maryland is is nice. It depends where uh, where you're from. Uh, I'm from hey. like the countryside, and, and Amber's from the city side, and uh, Shamir's from the. The corona DC side. sort of corona side it's <laughs> heavy over there um but uh we our, our podcast is called strange flavors and uh at the end of every podcast we like to ask the guest um what uh their flavor would be so since amber you couldn't hear him the whole time do you want to ask him the last <laughs> question
2: if you could describe yourself as any flavor what would it be and why
3: damn okay um <laughs> um all right. Right before that, I'm gonna say yeah, a little plug-in. Uh, last thing I would say, if you guys want to volunteer, doesn't matter where you are, reach out to us. Um, donate a dollar. You know, everyone can donate a dollar, uh, or if not, you know, help us in time. We need phone bankers. Is that bankers. the campaign we slogan? Call up. Well, everyone could donate a dollar. Donate a dollar. <laughs> donate a dollar. I mean, that's not a bad. That's not a bad slogan, right? <laughs> it's got a ring to it. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like reach out to us however you could, um, and uh, DMs, IG, we're on all, all of the social media. And your flavor. The flavor?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like that mystery flavor, you know, where you don't know what you're going to get? You get like the, those... Like the Airhead like,
2: mystery flavor?
3: Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're going to get, but you get excited. You're like, oh, wow. You know, this is blueberry. Okay, cool. I didn't expect that. That's me. Awesome.
0: <laughs> Incredible Uh, i keep getting it wrong i'm sorry it's all good good. uh yeah his his name is the protector so you guys better uh you know seek some protection um thank you (laughs) thank you again for uh coming on the podcast we appreciate you Thank you for having Um, me and for everybody listening it's been another week
1: another flavor
2: a little stranger
0: we'll talk to -to 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 you next time